The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. We are back on TBN uh, this week. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, so we are back this week on uh, TBN in Africa. So if you watch TV, please be sure to check us out on TBN uh, every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Amen. Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up, shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer. And not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's word, and my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Uh, today, we're starting a brand new series, Building Up to Grace in the Marketplace. Uh, we're going to be talking about God's grace uh, for all of us in the marketplace. Amen. How many of you believe that God is, uh, does not make mistakes? Anybody that believes that? You know, I see some hands are still down. You're like, you know, so I, you know, I feel like I'm not sure. But let me uh, assure you that God does not make mistakes. Amen? Uh, uh, in other words, when God creates, he creates perfection. Uh, when he created you, it was not a mistake. Uh, someone shout, I am not an accident. Uh, you may, I was saying in the first service, you may have been an accident to your parents. Uh, oops, ooh, ooh, you, you what? <laughs> but God, to God, you are not an accident. God put an eternal purpose. He put an eternal calling on the inside of you. And watch this. This calling cannot be reversed. The Bible says the gifts and the callings of God are without uh, repentance. In other words, God has not changed his mind around who he created you to be. And God has created all of us in here to live a life of impact, to live a life of influence, uh, to change people's lives. He did not create us to just be a statistic. You know, when they have a, uh, a census in South Africa, just to, you know, be a part of the number, 16 million people in Gauteng. No, God created you for maximum impact Amen. and influence. Amen? And when you start spending time with the Holy Spirit and ask him, what did you create me for? He begins to reveal that to you. And as you step into that place, you will begin to change people's lives. And that's what it's about. It's about changing people's lives. It's about being an influence uh, for God in the world. Amen? So he created you with an eternal purpose. And he also put a grace on you to equip you and to empower you to function optimally in that place of calling. So you don't have to use your own fuel. Amen. You don't have to use your own energy. You don't even have to use your own resources. He has already graced you. He has empowered you and graced you with the ability for you to function uh, in this place of calling that he has called you. And uh, one of the things you need to do as you step into that place of calling is to begin to renew your mind and step into a place of transformation. And so the Bible says in Romans chapter number 12 verse 2, uh, do not be conformed to this world. And here the Apostle Paul is talking primarily to the saints in Rome. So he's talking to Christians. He's talking to believers. 
and he's talking to uh, uh, those who are at Rome primarily and ultimately to you and me. And he says to us, uh, we should not be conformed to the patterns of this world or to this world, as he puts it. And he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's interesting that the Apostle Paul starts this verse by telling us what we should not do. Amen? He he just didn't jump straight into the uh, theme of the day. He tells us first what we should not do, and uh, what we should not do is to be conformed to the patterns of this world. And what the word conform means, uh, to be poured into a mold or to be shaped by the world. He calls uh, this system the world. And the world is not talking about topography. He's not talking about the cosmos. He's talking about a system of thinking or a system of doing things and living life. And he's saying don't be shaped uh, by the world system. Do not let your circumstances shape you. Amen? One of the ways to get out of your calling and your purpose uh, quickly is to start letting things that are going on around you shape you. Amen? Because your circumstances can literally turn you into a victim. Man, I've met 40-year-olds who are still talking about what happened to them when they were five. You should have gotten over it by now. Amen? But because they're letting what happened to them and their circumstances shape them, they are stuck in their past. Amen? And so the Apostle Paul says, don't let circumstances shape you. Don't don't become a victim of the circumstances. Become a victor. Amen? Don't don't let the circumstances shape you into fear and stress. Uh, Become the one that chooses the blessing. Have you ever seen these t-shirts that they wear that says, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Be that one who says, you know what, I'm too blessed to be stressed. I choose the blessing. Amen? And here the Apostle Paul says, don't don't be conformed, but be ye what? Transformed. It's interesting that he did not say it would be a good idea for you to consider some transformation. He says, be that. Be transformed. In other words, it's a divine instruction. It's a divine imperative. He says, be transformed or be changed radically. That word transformation uh, uh, just simply means a radical change of form. Amen? If you're writing notes, you can write that down. Uh, Transformation simply means a radical change of form. You know, when water changes form from uh, uh, liquid to mist, that's radical. Amen? Uh, uh, When water changes form from ice to a liquid, that's radical. But even beyond that, one of the analogies we use is when a caterpillar is transformed into a butterfly. Man, that's radical. When I was younger, they tried to tell me in the science class uh, in primary school that, you know, a, a butterfly was once a caterpillar. And I argued with them because the form and the change was so radical. I could not believe, I thought they were lying to me. Amen? Because this change was so radical. I mean, from a creature that's pitiful, that's crawling in the dirt, and it's slow in nature, and it's ugly, and just it, it, it eats worms, and it's just living the law down life, to a creature that's beautiful and colorful, and just, you know, eats off of flower petals, and I mean, this creature is just royal and, and elegant in nature, and, and it's just such a radical transformation, and another way we uh, can define this transformation is when Jesus went up the Mount of Transfiguration, and the Bible says he 
was so transfigured that his raiment, his clothes were as white as the light and his face began to shine as the sun. And that word uh, that's used there is transfiguration. It's the same word, transformation. As radical as that is, that happened to Jesus at the Mount of Transfiguration, the Apostle Paul shows us how that can happen to you and me. Today, right now. He says, be transformed, be transfigured. How? By the renewing of your mind. Man, I'm glad he didn't leave it to our imagination to figure out how this transformation comes. Because someone would have started selling transformation bumper stickers. (laughs) Or transformation oil. Or transformation uh, grass. You know, you eat this grass, you're going to, ooh, where did that come from? Transformation. No, he tells us how this transformation comes. He says, be transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. Be transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. In other words, be transformed by changing the way you think. Now, if you put that together, when he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, he's saying, trade your old thinking with a new set of thinking. You know, when we had our first baby, uh, they took us into what is called an antenatal class, and they give you dolls, and they teach you how to, you know, look after a baby. And part of the uh, training was, you know, uh, how to change a diaper. You know, Pastor Henry, I'm praying for him. (laughs) How to change a diaper, you know. And, uh, you know, I thought if the baby wants a new diaper, you just get a new diaper and put it on the baby. But it was interesting how they taught us how to change a new diaper. They say the first thing you do, uh, when you change a new diaper, is to take off the old diaper and clean the baby. Then you can put on the new diaper. And essentially, that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. How many of you realize that Colossians 1.13 says, we were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. But what happened was, we came from an old uh, kingdom where there was an old way of doing things and an old system of thinking. And in that kingdom, you were taught that there is a thing called a profit and loss. But over here in this kingdom of God, God is trying to tell you there is no such a thing. It's called a profit and profit. Because when you step into what God has called you to do, there is no other way but to hit the mark. Amen. How many of you realize that when you start going by God's program, there is no hit and miss. It's hit and hit. Amen. Amen. You step into a realm where you keep winning. But for you to start operating at that level, the first thing you need to do is to start changing the way you think. And move from a thinking that's defeated, a thinking that's victim-based, a thinking that's, you know, riddled with scarcity. They call it a scarcity mindset. Amen? Amen. I said amen. amen. And he says when you do that, you will be able to prove what is the good acceptable and perfect will of God. You'll be able to manifest the will of God. You'll be able to taste and see that the Lord is good. You're trying to manifest healing, which is good, acceptable, and perfect. You have to start changing the way you think around sickness. Amen? You have to realize it's not a blessing from God and the list goes on. And that Jesus paid the price on the cross. And as you start thinking this way, the Bible says you will be able to prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Amen? You have to change the way you think. Let's go to Isaiah 55. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I like to call it the butterfly life. Man, as a believer... 
you have two options when you come into the kingdom. You can live the caterpillar life. It's available too. Or you can live the butterfly life. It's available too. Amen? I choose the butterfly life. Come on, shout, I choose the butterfly life. All I have to do is trade my old way of thinking and take on this new way of thinking. He says in Isaiah 55 from verse 7 to 9, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Did you read that? Yeah. <laughs> this is an awesome piece of scripture. Uh, uh, it's almost like, you know, the uh, prophet Isaiah, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is coming into what I like to call polemic preaching, where he's arguing without an argument, because he knows some of you, you know, may stand, man, I don't want to give up my thought. Why should I give up my thought? And he answers that question, because my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. One of the things I discovered in, you know, uh, uh, walking with the Lord and coming into the full revelation, you know, to a measure of the true nature of God, uh, I'm going to say it. I know most of you don't believe it. Most of you will not agree with me about what I'm uh, I'm getting ready to say. (laughs) But I'm going to say it anyway. You know why? Because I'm the one with the microphone. So I get to say, one of the things that I discovered, and I know this technological uh, way advanced generation is going to disagree with me, but I really believe this is the truth. One of the things I discovered in walking with the Lord was that God knows more than we do. Amen. Amen. God knows more than we do. And when God says something, I receive it from a place that God knows way more than me. God's ways are higher than my ways, as high as the heavens are. In other words, there is no match. There is no comparison. If you wanted to, you know, compare the two, there is no match. It's a no contest. When you bring your thoughts and God's thoughts, it's a no contest. I was saying in the first service, you know, while I was reading this scripture and meditating on it, God said to me, it is, trying to, it is as trying to compare flying, you know, when you're traveling, and driving to a place. There's no contest. You know, if you fly, you're going to get there quicker than if you try to drive. Amen? I said amen. amen. And he's saying as high as the heavens are, as quick as flying is, than driving, it's the same results that you're going to get when you get my thoughts and forsake your thoughts. Man, we need to start doing things God's way. How do you know that you're really at a place where you believe God knows more than I do? Because, I mean, it's easy to just say, Amen, Pastor T. I believe God knows more than we do. But when he comes to you and you're left with a little tiny bit of oil in your house, Mm. and he says to you, I want you to take this little tiny bit of oil and give it to Elijah. 
you know, when I read those scriptures and those stories, I always put myself in the shoes of the people that are in the story. And you need to have an honest assessment with yourself. If I'm the widow at Zarephath, and I'm sitting with the last bit of oil, and God says to me, I must take the last tiny little bit of oil and give it to him, do I truly believe God knows more than I do? Amen? When God comes to you and he says, I want you to go and wash in the river Siloam, and I'm going to get my healing. Do I truly believe God knows more than we do? Am I going to go with it? If I'm uh, uh, Naaman, uh, the, the commander-in-chief back in the Old Testament, he says, go and wash in the river Jordan seven times. Why seven times? I mean, this dude wasn't even going to do it until his own maid convinced him to do it. You know why? Because he started off at a place where he thought he knew more than God. And he said, why should I wash in Jordan? Jordan is dirty. I want to wash in my swimming pool at my house because I know I already put some chlorine in it. And the maid said, no, God knows more than you do. And he said, really? Thank God he was convinced to realize God's thoughts and ways are higher than his own thoughts and ways. And he went and did what God told him to do. And guess what? He came back clean. Man, we need to get to a place where we realize God knows more than we do. Can I get an amen? Amen. So the understood implication in this verse is that we need to forsake our thoughts and take on God's thoughts. Because God's thoughts are higher. And when you start taking God's thoughts which are higher, they begin to produce exactly that, higher. When you start taking on God's thoughts which are as the heavens, you will start producing exactly that, heaven. Man, you want heaven in your marriage? Start thinking the way God thinks about marriage. On the earth, and you will have heaven in your marriage. You want heaven in your finances. Start thinking the way God thinks in heaven about money, and you will start having a victory in your finances. You, you want to have victory in your body physically? Start thinking the way God thinks about healing and health in the heaven, and you will begin to experience heaven even in your body. Amen? I said amen. Let us go to Matthew chapter number 417. Matthew chapter number 4:17 Whenever you do what God says for you to do in any situation you are implying that God knows better Whenever you do what you do if it's contrary to what God is saying in any particular situation you are implying that I know better than you And there is no better way to limit the results that you will see in your life by doing it your way. You know, Frank Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. Man, Frank Sinatra didn't get much results. (laughs) Amen. In fact, in Jeremiah chapter number 10, verse 23, I believe, the Bible says that man was never created to to determine his own steps. He says man was created to submit to God's steps. Amen? Because God knows way more than we do. He says in Matthew 4.17, this is after Jesus uh, uh, had been tempted of the devil 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. And he came out, the Bible says, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when he came out, he began to preach. And this is the first sermon that Jesus ever preached 
for all time. Amen? And this sermon said in verse 17, From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent. Someone say, Repent. Uh, He says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, when you look at that word, repent, uh, it's in the Greek, metanoia. So, essentially, what Jesus is saying is, change the way you think. That's what that word, repent, means. Amen? It means to change the way you think. Why? Because there is a new dispensation of thinking called the kingdom of heaven. Amen? In the kingdom of heaven, there is a way of thinking uh, that is kingdom-based. And sometimes this way of thinking is contrary to a system of thinking that's world-based. For example, in the world, if you want to prosper and be rich, the world's way of doing things is to get everything that you can, hoard as much as you can, backstab, bite, kill if you have to, while you are amassing as much as you can to yourself and put it in a can and sit on your can. (laughs) So the world system is based on greed. And over here, uh, Jesus is saying there is a kingdom way of thinking. The kingdom way of thinking is if you want to prosper, you give it away. And what happens to it? It comes back to you. How? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. It's a different way of doing things. And you cannot understand it from a carnal perspective. Because it's way higher than your reasoning. Amen? I said amen. Amen. So if you are uh, of the system that says I need to get as much as I can and keep it for myself, I think Pastor Henry put it nicely when he said the place, the most dangerous place you can ever be is to be self-consumed, is to be in a place where you're just thinking about uh, me, me, me. My name is Jimmy and I'll take all you give me. My surname is more. Give me, give me more. <laughs> Amen. Man, when you're in a place where you're trying to take you're going to get to a place where you will not have any. In fact, the Bible says there is he that gives or that scatters. Yet they increase. And then there is he who holds or who operates according to the world system, who withholds more than is meat. Yet it tends to what? To poverty. Because God wants us to be channels. He wants us to be rivers instead of being dams. And it's sad to say that there are way too many damn Christians. D-A-M, amen? I'm not cussing, just D-A-M. Christian dance. Amen? And you know what happens when water is not flowing and it's contained? Uh, you know what happens, right? It starts turning green and it becomes stale and mosquitoes come and all kinds of stuff starts breeding in there because God never created for us to just be uh, orders, to just take. God created for us to be channels. Can I get an amen? And when you become a channel, you start operating according to the system of the kingdom of God. That word repent is also a compound word. And when you split it up, the first word in it is R-E, which means to go back or to do again. And the second word in that compound word is pent. And so Jesus is saying here, go back to the pent. What's the pent? The pent is the top where we get penthouse. So Jesus is saying, go back to the top. Go back to thinking higher thoughts about stuff. 
Amen? Go back to thinking heavenly thoughts about stuff. The Bible calls it being spiritually minded. And if you read in Romans 8 verse 6, it says to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. But to be carnally minded produces death. Man, when we start thinking spiritually, and spiritual mindedness is not spooky mindedness. Spiritual mindedness is word of God mindedness. It is understanding what God says in this word, and we receive that. And we start letting that shape our thinking. Amen? Amen. 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 And I was saying in the first service, man, we need to move away as a, you know, a, a people on the continent of Africa. We need to move away from a scarcity mindset. I was saying, you know, the, the real challenge with our continent and the challenges that we have at the moment, poverty and so on and so forth, is not in resources. It it is not in stuff. We are the richest continent in the world when it comes to resources. We have platinum, we have oil, we have gold, we have everything. The only thing we do not have is a mindset of abundance. See, because the the money and the resources do not change the man. You know, I was saying in the first service, if you get a million rand deposited in your account today, you have to become a millionaire for you to get to keep it. And someone says, but I'm already a millionaire because I have one million in my account. No, 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 you're not. Until your thought life has lined up with being a millionaire. That's why when people win the lottery, they say it takes about two years for them to literally throw away all that wealth so that they can start living at the level of their thinking. So it's not in the resources. Man, I'm trying really. Is this not nice? Is this not nice? Man, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. If you don't change the way you think, it does not matter what happens at the next level. How many of you realize that you have to be faithful with the little if you're going to be faithful with much? See, if you're struggling to take care of the little, guess what? You're going to struggle to take care of the much. How many of you have a car of your dreams? Anybody has a car of your dreams? You know, Pastor, Rolls Royce? Oh, just a few. Man, I'm not. Do you have a car of your dreams? Anybody? Okay, let's switch that. Anybody that has a home of their dreams? You know, a home of their dreams? I see more hands. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. There's a thing in the kingdom of God called the power of imagination. And I want you now to walk, you know, in your mind into the home of your dreams. I want you to walk in through that, you know, big uh, wooden door and you can see the high ceiling. Someone told me, they said, you know, a house is a nice house when the ceiling is far. (laughs) He says when they didn't find a need to put a room right after the ceiling, then you know a house is a really nice house. Amen? How many of you can walk into your room right now? You know, in your mind, you walk into your room. How many of you can walk into your bedroom right now? You walk into your bedroom. And what do you see? Is it beautiful? Is it clean? You see a a king-size bed in there? How many of you can see that? In your car as well, you see it's beautiful? Now, here's the deal. If the one that you left at home today does not look like the one you're thinking about, there's a disconnection. Amen? You should take the one that you left at home today if there's clothes everywhere. We need to take all those clothes that's everywhere and put them in your mansion. Amen? Because you are taking your thinking with you in your mansion. Amen? 
If it's a beautiful Rolls Royce car, if the one you're driving right now, the 323 is uh, McDonald's bottles on the floor, and it's got Nando's packs on the thing, and it's got, you know, all kinds of junk at the back, just take all of that and put it in those Rolls Royce Phantom. Because guess what? We may have changed the car, but we didn't change the man. The man is bringing his thoughts. Amen? And the first thing we need to do is to change the man's thinking before we bring him into the new level. That's why Jesus said we cannot pour new wine into old wineskins. New wine represents a new level. It represents a new dimension. It represents promotion. And Jesus is saying we have new wine, but we can't pour it into a set of old thinking. We have to get the man to start thinking at that new wine level so that when we pour the new wine, it, is not, it does not burst the thing and, you know, uh, spill all over the place. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. I think it was in New York, Queensbridge. They decided they were going to help out the poor people. Praise God for that. And they were going to rebuild a, 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 a project housing. That's what they called them. You know, project housing in Queensbridge and take all the poor people from the shacks and move them into the project housing, beautiful apartments, two-bedroom apartments. Man, and they moved all these people in there. Praise the Lord. Uh, but without fail, people who came in there brought their thoughts. He said, you can take a monkey out of the jungle, but you can't take the jungle out of the monkey. And that's what happened. I'm not saying anybody's a monkey, but I'm just saying, you know, you, you, you really have to deal with the way of thinking before you bring people into a different dimension. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. So these people were brought into these beautiful apartments, and within two years, these apartments were looking exactly like where they came from. And they couldn't believe it. I mean, literally, people would walk into the front door instead of just opening through the lever, they would literally just kick the door down. <laughs> People would literally stand at the staircase that leads everybody else to their apartments upstairs and start relieving themselves. When you're two, three meters away from a toilet. You know what, what they didn't deal with? They didn't deal with their thinking. And so, the, you know, our government has tried to do the same. Okay, but we'll move on from that. Man, you can't just give people stuff without changing the way people think. This is why I'm against social welfare. I may be alone on this one. <laughs> but here's the deal. We're not helping the people. How do we help the people? We start changing the way the people operate. We start changing the way the people think. And move them from a place of entitlement to a place where they can become good stewards of the things that God has given them. And we only get to that place by changing the way people think. Amen. And this is why this is so critical as we go into the marketplace. Can I get an amen? This is what we call discipleship. Discipleship is spending time with people and changing the way they think about life. They had an experiment back in the day with a grasshopper, and they put a grasshopper in a glass, and they put a lid on top of it, and, you know, for a month, this grasshopper was in the glass, and every time it jumped, it would hit the lid. It would hit the lid. There was a limitation. It would hit the lid, and after about a month, they removed uh, the lid on the glass, and by this time, the grasshopper could only jump to the lid level, 
You know why? Because he had been conditioned to think a certain way. And sometimes when we are conditioned to think a certain way, even though Jesus came and removed all limits, all we can do is jump to the lead level. Because we've let the world system develop limitations in our lives. And that's what happened with the children of Israel. That's why all of them could not make it into the promised land. Because they did not change their thinking. The journey itself should have taken 12 days. But it took 40 years. You know why? Because it didn't take 40 years to walk from Egypt to Canaan. It took 40 years to get Egypt out of the children of Israel. It would have been a waste for God to bring them into a land that flows with milk and honey when they have not learned to be stewards, good stewards of the things that God was bringing their way. Amen? And so God wanted to change their thinking. He even gave this instruction as they were getting ready to enter into the promised land as a last-minute instruction to Joshua. He said, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein, how many times? Day and night. And so shall you have good success and be prosperous. Amen. You'll make your way prosperous and have good success in the things that I've called you to do, in the things that I've already given you, when you start meditating in God's word and start changing the way you think. Amen. Man, we need to start changing the way we think. We need to start thinking thoughts that are above and thoughts that are not of Limits. Let's go to Psalm 78, verse 41. Thank you, Jesus. It says in Psalm 78, verse 41, talking about the children of Israel, uh, the ones who didn't make it into the promised land, it says, Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Man, small thinking limits God. Can you imagine they limited an omniscient God? They limited an omnipotent God. They limited a God that's all-powerful, a God that knows all things, a God that's everywhere, an omnipresent God. They limited him through their small thinking. If you read Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now unto him who's able, talking about God, is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ever ask or think. And here's the limiter, according. Someone say according. That word according means to the degree or to the proportionate. According to what? According to the power that is at work in us. In other words, according to how much we allow him to do. So God in and of himself is not limited, but what God can do through you is limited because it has to come through the bandwidth of your heart. And if your heart is full of limits, and sometimes, you know, I had to break out of this. Because I grew up poor, and because of that, I'd always tell myself, man, I don't deserve this. And God is trying to tell me, you know, you do. No, I don't. And God is trying to tell me, no, you do. And I'm saying, no, I don't. And they're trying to uh, give me a promotion, and that, 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 that mindset you know, from poverty days, would say to you, you know, Tafara, everything, every time everything uh, uh, is going good, something bad is about to happen. <laughs> and I'll get fearful of success. Man, every time I get promoted at work, I get promoted, I get uh, a salary increase, man, things are going good, man, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking something, something bad is about to happen because 
they taught me that things can't always be good. But how many of you realize that's a lie from the devil? Yeah. Things can always be good. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Things can always be good. And we need to start thinking that way. Yeah. That things can always be good. And start enjoying uh, the ride. Amen? So he says here, I want you to uh, start thinking uh, 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 at a higher level. I want you to take on my thoughts because they are higher than your thoughts. Uh, We have a story of Abraham and the young rich ruler. They were both given grace instructions uh, by God. And Abraham was told to offer Isaac. And when he did, God became his provider. His exceedingly great reward. And the young rich ruler was asked to go and give up everything that he had. And that God would bless him with a hundredfold. Amen? Nobody else has ever been offered this great opportunity in the earth. This guy was offered a great opportunity by Jesus. And man, one of the things I'm going to do when we get to heaven is to ask Jesus, what would have happened had this guy obeyed? Because I know something supernatural would have happened. I mean, this guy had already been blessed with all the great three qualities that everybody wants in the earth. He was young. Everybody wants to be young. Amen. He was young. And, you know, some of you, when people ask you your age, it's always minus two. Because everybody wants to be young. And it's the same with me. Sometimes it's, you know, minus two. And I tell people I'm 34. Amen. Some of you can't do the math, but those of you who can, know how old I is. And the next quality is rich. I mean, God had already by grace blessed him with being rich. And the next thing is power, ruler. He had the three great qualities through the grace of God. And God was about to take him to the next level. And he gave him a blank check. And the blank check was, go and give up everything that you have and come and follow me. And I'm telling you, something supernatural would have happened had he started following God. Amen? Man, we need to get to a place where we start following the grace instructions of God. We need to get to a place where we start walking in the abundance of what God has called us to walk in. You know, I was talking to our pastors. Sometimes, you know, our pastors in our different campuses, uh, Bramfontein and and Durban, come to me and they say, you know, Pastor G, I'm so disappointed. I'm so discouraged. And I say, why? And they say, because this person came to me and said they live in the church. And I always say to the man, how many people are in Gauteng? And they go and they Google it and they find out there's about 16 million people in Gauteng. And I say, man, you are, you are in a land of abundance. God wants you to reach 16 million. You haven't even done 1% of them, and you are crying over one person who said they're going to leave you. You're going to get disappointed over one person who said they're going to leave you. Come on, man, we have work to do. There's about 800 million people on the continent of Africa that we need to reach. There's about 300 million people on the continent of North America that we have to reach. There's about 7 billion people in the earth right now that we have to reach, and you're going to have a sob party, a sob story about one person who said they're going to leave you. Are you crazy? Man, we have work to do. But you need a mindset of abundance to realize that there's so much work that needs to be done. Do you know what Jesus said? He said the harvest is plenty full. He never said the harvest is limited. He said the harvest is plenty full. 
The problem is the laborers. Said the laborers are few. And it's the same in every sphere, in every respect. Listen, whatever God has called you to do, whatever industry God has called you to do, the harvest is plentiful. Amen. Amen. The opportunities are not limited. The harvest is plentiful. The opportunities are not running out. The only thing that's not there is the laborers. What are the laborers? The people that position themselves to listen to what God wants them to do, and they do it. Man, I'm telling you, this could be the beginning of a different life for you. This could be the beginning of a butterfly life for you. But you have to start changing the way you think. You have to move from scarcity to abundance. Thank you, Jesus, for abundance. Amen? I said amen. Amen. And it's available for every single child of God. All we have to do is to start thinking differently. We have to start thinking differently. We have to start stepping out and trust God. We have to start walking out of the boat if we're going to walk on water. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, God has called me. To make an impact. Someone shout, I have a calling. I have a purpose. I refuse to live an average life. I refuse to to just be a statistic. I'm a world changer. God has deposited a gift, a talent, a calling, an assignment, a purpose on the inside of me and I will leave that purpose I will empty of myself of everything that God has put on the inside of me man for some of you God has deposited uh, medical discoveries you know sometimes you're tempted to think you know, the, they say the first heart surgery was done in South Africa. Sometimes you're tempted to think, man, it's, it's for special people with a special uh, 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 surname or with a special uh, background and so on. No, it's for ordinary people. God calls ordinary people and put his anointing on them and set them loose. Sometimes you read these stories about this a big business, moguls, that started there as a small business and so on and so forth and now they're doing great things and changing people's lives and you're tempted to think man, it's just, it just happens in America no, God is not a respecter of persons, amen and sometimes you're tempted to think man, I'm the, I'm the wrong uh, color of the skin or I'm the wrong gender or I'm the wrong age Man, God started using Moses in his old age. He had to wait another 40 years to be ready for God to use him. It's never too late. 
for God's power, God's anointing, God's supernatural ability to start flowing through you for what he has called you to do. But you've got to be ready. You've got to position yourself into that place and start thinking differently. And say, Lord, you can use me. Someone shout every gift, every purpose, I will empty of myself to change people's lives. I do not have a scarcity mindset. I possess an abundance mindset. I am not limited because I'm a co-laborer with God who can do exceeding abundantly above all. Therefore, every assignment I am able to accomplish, I am able to execute with excellence. That is exceeding abundantly above all. Doors open for me. The Lord's favor surrounds me like a shield. When I go places, I have the favor of God. I am favored by God. Therefore, man favor me everywhere I go. I'm a world changer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe that? Man, that means when you walk into the office tomorrow, you walk in as a world changer. You don't walk in as someone who does not have solutions. Amen. Amen. And some of you are going to be tested in that. You're going to get uh, an assignment that's bigger than your qualification. Praise God. Now I need the Holy Ghost to help me. Amen. Man, the things that we are doing right now, even in ministry, are way bigger than us. Way bigger than, you know, what we've qualified to do. And we lean on God's power. We lean on the Holy Ghost. We lean on the Holy Spirit. And as we do that, man, God keeps taking us to the next level. Man, I'm telling you, some of you, just this week, you're going to realize that as you open your mind up to God's abundant power, man, I'm telling you, you're going to see, start seeing things change. Some of you think they are not hiring people like you. Man, you, your problem is not them hiring. The problem is what's going on in your mind. And that's what we need to change. Someone shout, I am in demand. I am in demand. My services are in demand. <laughs> My opportunities will find me. Opportunities that have a name, my name on them, will find me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Man, you're going to sit with people and pinch yourself. Amen. Say, wait a minute, is this me? Am I doing this? Am I changing people's lives through this? And God will use you. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.